focus on you and your word. God, I pray that we would be open and vulnerable uh, to Smiley's message today. I pray that we would let uh, his words and your words impact our hearts. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Tim. Again, thanks for him. So, today's my last time I've been interviewing people throughout this series, showing you how easy it is to ask people questions. So we're going to come to our last one today, and I hope I don't really like intimidate you too much, but uh, people won't come up on the stage, so I'm going to ask you. No. How about you? Easy questions. Go ahead. Okay. Who are you? I'm Scott. Scott. Okay. So, Scott, if you could be any age, if you could choose any age, what age would you choose to be? Uh, 18. 18. That's really interesting. In the first service, someone said 17, so that's, that's really close. And, and why would you choose that? Because I was young and smart. <laughs> Life humbles us, doesn't it? It really does. Okay. Now, this one, um, doing a little research at our church, and love to know the question, are your best days in the future or in the past? All right, and can you share more about that, or is that enough? I think I've got more to learn and more to understand. Okay, more to learn, more to understand. Cool, thank you so much for that. Let's give a hand. That's an interesting question, isn't it? Are, are, are your best days in the future, or, or, or are they in the past? If someone asked you that, what, what would you say? Now, I know... When I get up every morning and look in the mirror, that question really becomes important, you know? <laughs> if someone asked me then I would say, listen, in the future, and if they said, can you share more, I would say, the best is yet to come. There are so many reasons I'm thankful to be a Christian. But one of them is from the day I met Jesus to today, I've been able to live every day of my life knowing that something better is coming. Isn't that great? That the best is yet to come. That's what we're going to, to learn about today. If you're new, we're finishing a series of messages today called One Story because the Bible is, it's one story uh, from beginning to end, and we've had two goals. The first goal is I want you to know but not just to know, I want you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. So I've been trying to equip you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. We have looked at how there's four chapters in that one story. There's creation and fall and redemption and consummation, and we've walked through those. We looked at creation. It answers the question, where did everything come from? And we learned that God created everything from nothing, and it was very good. Uh, and then the second question, the second chapter, fall, answers the question, well, well what happened? And we, we learned how the fall wrecked everything and everyone. And then the third question, or third chapter, redemption, is how do we fix it? Well, we really can't, but Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And then now we're in chapter 4, consummation, which answers the question, where is history headed? And we learned last week, Jesus is coming back. He's going to make all things new. And since Jesus is coming back to make all things new, we can live every day of our life knowing that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. 
So that's the first goal. I want you to know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible. But the second goal, the second goal has been to equip you to develop the skill of asking questions. Every week we've had questions to ask because that's a skill that opens up gospel conversations. And we've been learning that because that's what Jesus did. If you look at the life of Jesus, he's always asking questions that begin conversations. In this past week, I got more emails of more people having conversations than any other week. Way to go. And here's one of them. I asked my husband, where is history going and why? And he said, nobody knows, and if they say they do, they are lying. What should my response be to his answer? Help, please. And uh, I provided a little online uh, gospel coaching, and then she responded again, thank you, Smiley, so much for a detailed response. I am so pleased that I am learning so much and can pass along. Isn't that why we're here? Aren't we here, first of all, what, to learn, but aren't we here as well to learn so that we can pass along what we're learning? Um, and, and then she said, I do feel better and more confident to spread the good news. And that's what I'm praying for you, that when you leave here today, you would feel better prepared to share the good news of Christ with others than when you came. So we are going to read Revelation 22 the last chapter in the Bible. What's so cool, in this, in this series, we read the first chapter of the Bible, and now we're reading the last chapter in the Bible. Isn't that good? We started in the beginning. We've gone all the way to the end. Any of you have a tough week? Any of you have a tough week? How many of you would like to hear some good news? I mean, if maybe you've heard a lot of bad news this week. I've got some great news for you. The best is yet to come. No matter how old you are, no matter what you face, the best is yet to come. Last week, we started looking at consummation, and we learned Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back, heaven's going to come to earth. Our bodies are going to be raised up. We're going to get new bodies that never get old and never get sick, and we're going to live on a new earth where everything sad and broken becomes untrue. We learned that we were created for a person and a place, and we will walk with God on a new earth forever. So let's explore a little bit more about that person in place. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of the street. What's coming will be like Eden, but, but better. Because we'll spend eternity, there'll be a garden, but the garden will be in a city. And some of us, when we hear we're spending forever in a city, groan, right? Because you immediately think of traffic and noise. But don't think traffic and noise. Think restaurants, <laughs> museums, theaters, stadiums, right? And in the middle of the city, there's a garden, and there's the river of life. And the river of life, notice it doesn't flow by the throne, it flows from the throne. So there's a river of life in this city flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit. Remember, 
Remember the story? That's how it all started, right? In the garden was the, the tree of life, right? The tree of life was there in the beginning. The Bible's one story. The tree of life is there at the end. Um, we're granted access anew uh, to the tree of life. On either side of the river was the tree of life bearing 12 kinds of fruit. You like fruit? Tremendous variety of fruit. Yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees were for the, help me what, the healing of the nations. Isn't that what we long for, don't we? We're broken people in a broken world. Don't we long for healing? The tree of life will be there. No cancer, no sickness, no death. Don't we long for that? The healing of the nations. Uh, I was driving here this morning, and I saw this guy on a motorcycle go flying by, and I thought, how cool will that be on the new earth? We'll get to ride motorcycles, and we won't fear what? Crashing or dying, because the tree of life is there for the healing. And notice, too, it's the healing of the, the nations. Remember God's promise? God's promise to Abraham is that in you, what, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. In this one city, all the nations will come together. Well, what will it be like? Oh, it's our son Nathan played in the under-20 World Cup, uh, the soccer World Cup, and we spent a week in Montreal, and we spent a week in Ottawa, and we spent a week in Toronto, and all the nations of the world gathered together in one city, united by a game, but each team bringing their own unique style of playing that game. You ever think about that? Oh, a city where all the nations are unified by a love of Christ, but all the nations bring their distinct personalities so that it's an incredibly diverse culture, right? Oh, the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. Oh, we read in the fall that all of creation was cursed. We read that in chapter 2, right? The fall wrecked everything. But the curse will be reversed, and it'll be removed from the earth. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and His bondservants will serve Him. Wow, we will serve Him. But do you know what will be best? They will see His face. Over again, we read in the Bible that sinners cannot see the face of God and live. But when we're glorified in body and spirit, the best thing, the best thing about the new earth will be we will see his face. You ever just stop and think about that? That one day we will see his face. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of the lamp and of the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. Not only will we serve him, but we will reign with him. Does that sound familiar? Remember how the story started? Remember? Remember when we read the first chapter of the Bible? Remember? Way back when, Genesis 1, 26, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. <laughs> People are unique. We are all made in the image of God. Not only are we made in God's image, but notice why we were made. Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them, what? Rule. 
that we were made not only to be in God's image, but to rule with God over the creation that he had made. So one day, that what we were created for will be restored and we will reign with him forever and ever. Oh, I, I love the Bible. It's, it's one story. It, it's one story, right? And, and listen to this. It was written over 1,500 years it was written over 1,500 years by 40 different authors, and yet it's one story. I know people who can't talk for five minutes and continue the story they started. Don't you? I mean, they start in one place and they end, and you don't know where they are. But how does the Bible start? The Bible starts with the tree of life. How does it end? How? With the tree of life. And how does the Bible begin that God is walking with man in paradise? And how does the Bible end with God walking with man in paradise? And how does the Bible begin? The Bible begins with a curse on all creation. And how does it end? The curse is reversed. How does it begin? It begins that we were made for a person and a place. And how does it end? Ah, that we were made for a person and a place, and one day they will be restored. One story. The best is yet to come. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And behold, now Jesus is speaking, and behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who he heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. <laughs> and some of you say, you've got to be kidding. Smiley, he's coming quickly. It's been 2,000 years. But... Did you know the word for quickly there is the Greek word taka? And it can mean kind of two things. It could mean soon or suddenly. Um, soon or suddenly. And you say, well, what's the difference? I'm a huge soccer fan, and I would say in soccer, people score quickly. And you say, you're kidding me. They don't score quickly in soccer. They just, you know, it's one to nothing. That's true. But here's how it's like. If you watch soccer, they pass and pass and pass, and boom, they score. When they score, it happens quickly. And then you'll watch some more, and it'll go pass, 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 boom. And what Jesus is saying is that when he returns, it will come quickly. And those that have failed to prepare will have no time to prepare. And that's why he says, blessed how eternally happy now and forever is the one who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book, the one who knows he's coming back and prepares for that day will be glad when that day comes. I, John, yes, the same one who wrote the Gospel of John and 1, 2, 3, John writes this last book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book, worship God. Um, you, ever, you ever notice in the Bible whenever someone falls down before a person or, or an angel and begins to worship, what does the person always say? Don't do that. What? Get up. I'm just a creature. But if you ever noticed when people fell down to worship Jesus, what did he do? He, he, he allowed them to worship him. 
Uh, you want some good advice for, for this life? Worship God. And, and part of that's gathering, but, but it's not just gathering in a church service. Worship God in all of life. When you go to school, may your studying be worship to God, studying what He's made. And when you work, may you work with the abilities God's given you. It's an act of worship to God. And when you play, may it be worship. May all of life be worship. And that's what eternity will be. When we eat food, we will thank God. And when we see His creatures, we will thank Him. And when we work and there's no frustration, we'll worship God in all of life. And He said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others. Share it with others. That's why we're doing this series, so that you would know and be able to confidently share the one story of the Bible because now the door to eternity is open. There's still time to enter in. And so we're here to share the one story. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong. And the one who is filthy still be filthy. And let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness. And the one who is holy still keep himself holy. And, and so we're told that those who refuse to heed God's warning and refuse to heed God's warning and refuse to heed God's warning to repent and believe will one day find it too late to do so. And that those who hear God's warning that he's coming back and those who repent of their sins and those who put their faith in Christ will be prepared for that day when he comes. Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And he's right there in Genesis. He's right here in Revelation. The first and the last, the creator, the savior, the one coming back, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, and the murderers, and the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. Now, we're headed to a place where there is a city. And those that are inside the city, those inside the city are experiencing eternal life. And those that are outside the city are experiencing eternal punishment. And uh, I, when I was reading these words... I, I was really, really scared about verse 15. Um, I mean, when I talk about the role of women, that's scary, or maybe about sex, but when I read what it said about, will you read, outside are the, help me, outside are the, oh, I didn't write it. I didn't write it. I know how people love their dogs. And it says, outside are the dogs. It's important that you understand in New Testament times, dogs were despised. And they couldn't imagine pushing a dog in a baby carriage. <laughs> it would have been unimaginable. The idea of sleeping with one's dog would have been unimaginable. It would have... Because they despised dogs. And so they would call evil people dogs. Okay? So what it's saying is outside. Now, 
if outside the city people experience eternal punishment and inside the city they experience eternal life, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Inside. Well, how do we get in? How do we get in the city forever? And he tells us, blessed are those who, what? Wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Only those who wash their robes get in. Well, why do we need to wash our robes? Because our robes are dirty. The bad news of the gospel is we have a problem called sin. We have sinned and are sinners. Look at what it says in verse 15. Outside are the dogs, sinners, and the sorcerers, those who practice witchcraft, and the immoral persons. People who engage in sex outside of marriage. And the murderers, those who kill others. And not just that, Jesus said those who get angry without cause or those who call each other an idiot. Starting to feel a little uncomfortable? And the idolaters, those who put things above God. Might that be some of us? And everyone who loves and practices lying. Who did he just describe? Who? All of us, right? Listen, all of us have sinned. We're all in big trouble. That's why we need to wash our robes. Well, how do we wash our robes? Through Jesus. The good news is that Jesus is God who became a man, who lived a perfect life for us, and then he went to the cross and died in our place. And what the Bible says is that he shed his blood for us. The reason the Bible says that is life is in the blood. And so Christ shed his blood. He poured out his life for us. He died in our place. He died in our place. He rose on the third day, and he offers us forgiveness. He offers us eternal life to wash all of our sins away and, and to allow us to do life with him and for him now and with him and for him in a new city forever. And our part is to wash our robes. Have you? I'll listen to this. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Have you ever done something you'd like to be forgiven of? Jesus says if you come to him and ask him to wash your robe, he will wash all your sins away, past, present, and future. Listen to this in Revelation 7, verse 14. <clears throat> I said to him, my Lord, you know, and he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What can wash my sins away? Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Have you ever washed your sins away in the blood of Christ? And you say, well, how, how do we do that? Well, it's as simple as A, B, C. It starts when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry, won't you? My robes are dirty. 
And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You shed your blood for my sins and, and rose. And then we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus, I want you to be my Savior and wash my sins away. I, I want you to, to, to give me eternal life. I want to do life with you. I want to do eternity with you. I want you to be my Lord. Help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? Oh, and if you have, listen, your sins are washed away. You get to do life with him. You get to do eternity with him. I want you to understand the difference between those inside and those outside. You know what the difference is? It's not that bad people are outside the city and good people are inside the city. It's that the people inside the city realize they're bad and they've said, oh, Jesus, wash my sins away. Isn't that what it says? Isn't it what it says? Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. You see, outside are those that are sinners who refuse to admit their sins and ask Jesus to wash them away. Verse 16, I, Jesus... Do you notice how Jesus identifies himself there? He identifies himself as Jesus. Do you know how many occasions in the Bible Jesus does that? Where he identifies himself as Jesus? Twice. Did you know that? Only twice does Jesus ever uh, identify himself as Jesus. And this is one of them. And Anybody know the other one? Anybody know? Um, remember, remember Saul's conversion? Remember Saul's conversion? And, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and uh, Saul says, who are you? And Jesus says, what? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So only twice, Jesus, and this is one of them, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things to the churches, for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David. I am the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies, the bright morning star, the one who is going to make all things new. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Isn't it great to know anyone can come? The water of life is free to all who are thirsty and come to drink. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. Oh, the Bible ends with saying, don't add to and don't take away from his word. This is the last book of the Bible, and, and, and with this, God's revelation to us, it stops, and the Bible says, don't add to it, don't take it away. Everything we need to know Christ and to be equipped for all good works is given to us in his word. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Jesus has made a promise. He will keep it. He is coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. There it is. <clears throat> the Bible ends with good news. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But I want you to know that is not true for everyone. 
when I say the best is yet to come, it's, it's only for those who believe in Jesus. So if you believe in Jesus, I want you to know that should comfort us every day of our life to know the best is yet to come. And what that means is our best days of physical health are in the future and not in the past because we're getting new bodies that will never get old. And that means our best days on earth are in the future and not in the past. And that means our best days of work, our best days of eating, our best days of traveling, our best days of worship, they're in the future and not in the past. Aren't you glad? That comforts us. But when we hear the best is yet to come, it also fills us with purpose because we know it's not true for everyone. And we know that the door to eternal life is open today, but one day soon it will be closed and the reason we're here is to take the gospel while the door is still open and plead with people to wash their robes. And that's why we've been doing this series. We've been doing this series, One Story, and our primary goal is that you would know, that you would know and be equipped to confidently share the one story of the Bible because the door to eternal life is still open today. And it's why we've spent all these weeks to learn the four chapters of creation and fall and redemption and consummation. Um, so if we're going to confidently share the one story of the Bible, how are we going to get there? Well, we need to pray. That's the first step. Jesus, I can't, you can. If you're a Christian, the, the Bible teaches Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit so we can share the one story. And so we say, Lord, may your spirit give me the confidence to share the story. So first we pray and then we prepare. We've been spending nine weeks preparing you. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you, if you can remember four words, you can share the story. If you just remember four words, and those words are creation, fall, redemption, consummation. If you know those four words, you can share the story. But I know some of you say, well, I can't remember things like you, so we've made it really easy for you. You ever seen like those cool coaches in football, they have their little play sheet? They talk behind it. We made one for you. It's really cool. It's got all the plays on it. It's got creation and fall and redemption and consummation. So you can take it and you can prepare. Um, anybody watch any football yesterday? Man, I did. <laughs> Go Gators. <laughs> but you, do you think they showed up on Saturday and played? That's all they did? You think that's all they did? You know what they did all week? They prepared, 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 practice, 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 practice. So when the game started, they were ready. If we're ever going to confidently share the one story of the Bible, we will do it because we took the time to prepare. I plead with you. I've got these up here uh, after the service come and get one. It, they're really, really helpful. And, and you can read the story and pray through the story over and over again. We prepare and then we practice. If we want to be able to share the story with others, we need to practice. And the really cool thing about this is you can read it to them. It's all here. The point, if they want to know, you can open up the Bible and show it's all here. 
It's also on page 21 in the study, but it's here. <laughs> this is sweeter. We pray, we prepare, we practice, and then we share. Um, we will never know the story until we share it with someone else. And so we share it with ourselves and we share it with others. Um, do you know why I'm up here and you're out there? You know why I know the story and you don't? It's not because I'm smarter than you. I'm not. You know why? Because I share the story over and over and over again. And because I share the story, I know the story. And the only way you'll ever know the story is to share the story. So I want you to know we need to pray, prepare, practice, and then we share. We, we, we preach it to ourselves first. I preach the gospel to myself every day of my life because when I learn to preach it to myself, then I can preach it to others. Every morning when I get up and spend time with Jesus, I always pray for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Every day I remind myself that life here is short and this could be the day that a car comes into my lane. This could be the day that, that I get a bad report from the doctor. This could be the last day of my life. But listen, if that's true, it's okay because for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The best is yet to come. Yet if I live, the reason I live is because I have a purpose in my life. I'm here to share the story with others. So I preach the gospel to myself every day of creation and fall and redemption and consummation. And then, as I go through the day, any of you remember Friday? Friday was spectacular. I'm driving to work on Friday morning. There is not a cloud in the sky. The, the sky is blue, and it was beautiful, and I was worshiping the Lord. I said, what a beautiful, beautiful creation you have made. Thank you for this world and the opportunity to enjoy it. And then I said, one day soon, every day will be like this day. <laughs> you see, the more we preach the gospel to ourselves, the more opportunities we have to share it with others. And you say, well, how do we share it with others? That's why the second goal has been to develop the skill of asking questions, to open up gospel conversations. Every week, we've been learning how to ask a question, trying to see if that would open up a gospel conversation. And so this is our last week and, and the last question. And the question I want you to ask someone this week is such a good question. I want you to ask someone, are your best days in the future or in the past? And to get you going, to get you going in that, I'm going to ask David here the question, and then he's going to ask it to me back. All I want you to do is read to me what's on the screen, okay? So I'm going to ask you, and just so you break the sound barrier, you can ask me back. So are your best days in the future or the past, and can you share more? Very good. You did it. Way to go. See, David did it, and you can do it. So I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to turn to the person next to you. If there is no one next to you, find someone, and just read them the question. Let them read it to you back, because I want you to know you can do this. Go ahead.
Okay, okay, just one question, just one question, okay? You know what? You can do it. You can do it. And I encourage you this week to just go to someone and say, hey, we're doing a little research at our church. Can I ask you a question? Let me give you another tip. Here's a great way to use this question as well. This week when someone's complaining to you about the good old days, ever hear that? This week, if someone's complaining to you about their aches and pains, you ever hear that? This week, if you're talking to someone and they say, I, I don't think I'll ever get married. If you're talking to someone this week and they say, I don't think I'll ever find the job I'm looking for. Listen, it's all teed up for you to say, could I ask you a question? Are your best days in the future or in the past. Do you see how many opportunities? People, they just, they lob you a, 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 an underhanded pitch in softball. They lob it to you. It is for us to recognize that because we've prayed and prepared and practiced and we're ready. Um, and if they ask you back, if they ask you back, listen, if they ask you, say, listen, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And if they say, can, can you share more? Go ahead. You can share the story. Creation and fall and redemption and consummation, you can do it. I've got one more idea for you. Pick one of these up, and uh, I want you to go to someone that you've wanted to share with and just ask them this question, will you help me? If you ask someone, will you help me, what do you think they're going to say? Yes. And then just say, it, it Church, we've been learning a story, and I was wondering if you'd help me by letting me share the story with you. Now, here's why I want you to do this. In our church in Boca Raton, there was a lady named Lynn, and Lynn was sitting at her kitchen table one day when her best friend Robin walked in. Her best friend Robin walks in and says, Lynn, what are you doing? And Lynn said, I'm learning how to share the gospel. And her friend Robin said, can I help you? And Lynn says, yes. And so Lynn says a, like a quick prayer. And then Lynn reads her the gospel. If we only believe the power is in the gospel and not in us. Lynn read her best friend Robin the gospel. And her best friend moved from death to life. Her life, her eternity was changed by a friend reading her the gospel. You can do it. Would you help me? We're learning a story. Could I share it with you? It's all here. You could read it to them. And you too could be amazed to discover how the power is in the gospel and not in us. It's our responsibility to let the lion out of its cage. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad that you came to seek and to, to save the lost, that you shed your blood, you died, you rose, so that we could wash our sins away and, and live in the city with you forever. Listen, if, if you've never prepared for Jesus to come back, if you've never washed your robe, won't you? Don't you want to do life and eternity with him? Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry.
And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose? And won't you commit to him, Jesus, come in and, and be my Savior and forgive my sins, wash them away? I want to do life with you. I want to do eternity with you. And Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that, won't you tell someone or mark it on your card? Because when we tell someone else, it makes Jesus more real to us. And Lord, I pray for those of us who who have washed our robes that we would know that we have eternal life, that we get to do life with you and eternity with you and that the best is yet to come and may that comfort us. But Lord, I pray that that would send us out this week, that we would go out this week and ask questions, that we would go out and share with someone else the one story we've been learning together. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.